Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning, Transformation. How you guys doing today? Come on. Why don't you give all... Listen, let's do this one more time. Why don't you give everybody, all of our guests in the house, a hand just for being here. Thanks for being with us today. And then let, give, our online, give our online people a, a big what's up. Just come on, let them know that you know that they're hanging out. We're so glad that you're hanging out with us. And Come on. And then, and then really, what should have been first, let's give Jesus the biggest round of praise. Thank you, Lord, for being who you are. Come on, what a great weekend. We had an amazing uh, big serve day yesterday. We had almost 200 people go out and serve in the community in some form or fashion. So give yourselves a hand for serving like that being a church that's willing to go out. And uh, I'm going to bring a real simple message to you today. And um, it's, uh, it's, gonna, it just, it's just going to be really the simple gospel of, of going. Jesus gave us a commission and uh, he told us to go. And I think it's easy not to go. You know, it's easy to be comfortable. And so I just want to talk about going and what it looks like to go out and, and to reach people. Why, yesterday we went out. We went and we, and we, and we went to, to give love and to care and sacrifice our Saturdays. And, and so why? Why do we do that? Well, uh, for, the first thought is uh, two-thirds of God's name is go. It's just a dumb, pre- that's a dumb preacher joke, but it's It's accurate. And uh, I think really us, us going out, the purpose, why? Because, because people need to know they're a big deal to God. Amen. That's why we went out yesterday. That's why we went to different places. People are a big deal to God. Amen. You're a big deal to God. God says, cast all of your care upon me. Literally, the word cast means hurl all of your cares. Like literally heave all of your cares onto me for I'm the one that cares for you. And so there's a community of people uh, that, that are waiting to, to believe they can heave their cares onto God or who will help them carry those cares. They really, they're a really big deal to God. And I, I think, you know, also, why do we serve that way? Because God's worthy of worship. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of us. Uh, bring, someone said this. This is deep. It's a deep thought. Someone said, missions exist because worship doesn't. And, and so that makes missions God-centered, not man-centered. Missions and going exist because worship is deserved in all of those places. And so my simple verse today is Matthew 16, 15. Uh, Jesus gave us this, this really um, commission. He said, go into all the world. The world there is ethnosis. It literally uh, means um, not just, not just uh, the world, like the globe, but like ethnosis, people groups. And it could be like, go into the world of the teacher, go into the world of, of the, of the businessman or woman, go into the world of the doctor, go into the world of, go into all the world, go into the world of politicians and actors and, and singers and musicians, go into the world of moms and dads, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to every creature. Anybody ever read that? Pretty simple verse, right? Go into all the world. God said, go. And so we should be about, if we're believers, that's our whole, that's really the last thing Jesus said. The first thing Jesus said was come and see. The last thing he said was go and tell. And we, we sometimes make it so difficult, right? It's just come and see and go and tell. My simple title for today is this outrunning the rain, outrunning the rain. Father, thank you so much for your word today. Lord, thank you for a going church. 
Thank you for an inviting people. Thank you for uh, a church on commission, on calling. And Lord, we, we know that the world sometimes is blurry and it's easy to get um, just blurred in our vision and our calling. Lord, sometimes we face storms and, and we just pray today that, Lord, you could continue to give us clarity and what we're called to do in this hour uh, that you've brought us to as, as people in your planet. We give you all the glory and honor today in Jesus' name. Amen. Out running the rain. I was uh, out to dinner with my wife. We went uh, to, to dinner with a, a couple on Tuesday night. And I think, was it Tuesday night? And so we had never gone to their house before, never gone out to dinner. And they invited us. They live on the lake. And so they invited us to go by boat uh, to go to dinner. So we went to their house, hanging out. And then they have this boat, a little pontoon boat. And uh, we decided to drive. It's about a 30-minute drive over to Calhoun's. Anybody been to Calhoun's on the lake out there by the dam right there? So we, we took the boat. It was kind of cool, you know, looking at all the houses that we can't afford and uh, you know, just dreaming about um, robbing someone and taking their house. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we, but we were just kind of just hanging out and with them and we're driving, we go eat dinner and we're having a great conversation at dinner. And as I'm uh, it's getting to about seven o'clock at night. And so I'm looking over at him and he starts looking out the window and, and we've just been in conversation for a couple of hours. And so as he's looking out the window, he finally like says, Hey, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but there, that storm cloud, I see <laughs> there's a little lightning that just came out of it. And, and at that moment it clicked that we were on a boat. I forgot we drove a boat to get to dinner. I don't do that every day. And so I'm like, oh man, we got to, we got to ride this boat back home. And so we all start rushing and literally this giant, I mean, it looks like a hurricane coming in. It's rolling. If you remember Tuesday night, it's this giant black cloud of just like, just lightning and thunder. And it starts rolling in and I'm like, man, we're going to have to outrun. Can we outrun that thing? And so, so we get in the pontoon and we just start flying. He floors it and we're trying to get, and literally we're praying. I mean, I'm like, I'm like praying in every language you can imagine. I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. Like I, I, I'm, I'm quoting scriptures about the disciples on the water. I'm like, we can, we can part water. We part, we're, in a, we're in a metal floating pontoon with lightning striking in the water. We're in a lightning rod. We are the lightning rod. We're like, we're, we're going to die. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so scared. I'm like, Lord, I'm praying. Everybody, my wife, uh, she moves up and sits by his wife. I've moved back. I'm sitting by him. And they've got towels wrapped around their head, just hoping because the wind's blowing. The rain's not hitting yet. I'm like, oh, please, God, just let us get through the lightning. It's hitting in, in the distance. Light, we're, we're driving into the lightning. And, and, and it seems like the storm just starts to part kind of around us a little bit. And it's clear. And we turn this bend, and the storm's that way. I'm like, we made it. Oh, we made it. We had about another couple of miles to go, but I'm like, we, we got it. We're good to go. And then all of a sudden, oh, all the praying I did, man, God did not hear my prayer to stop the rain. He didn't hear it. And, all, and literally the rain starts hitting and it's, it's hurting. We're going as fast as the boat goes and we're probably going about 30 miles an hour. The rain is pelting us in the face and he's driving the boat. The, the windshield on, a, on this boat's about that big, right? There's no windshield. It's a tiny little, it's just a little thing like about that big. He's, he's crouched down uh, under, the, under the, the, shield, the shield as much as he can get. Our wives are up there with these towels wrapped around their heads, just bouncing. Like, ah, 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 ah. And, and I'm, I've got sunglasses, okay? I keep going to put my sunglasses on because because the, sub, the rain's hit me so hard in the face. I'm like, man, I just, maybe I put these glasses on and I'll be able to kind of see. And it's getting bad. And I'm getting a little nervous. Like I'm starting to get scared and I'm looking at him and he's just, he's like tucked down under the wheel. And I'm, and I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, you know, he knows he's, you know, he, he lives here. He lives on the lake. He knows the lake and it's okay. And we're going to make it and it's all right. And, 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 and there's another boat out in the middle going a lot slower. I'm like, we're going to beat them anyway. And so I just, I'm really starting to get nervous, man. 
It gets so bad. The rain gets so bad. We're trying to outrun it. It's so bad. You can't even see this far in front of your face. And, I, and I'm I, at this point, like I, I'm starting to like get, I'm like thinking like, what should we do? And he's full speed ahead. I'm telling you, like, like full speed by the edge of the shore, going to his house where, where you can, I can't even see from me to the front row of this. And we're in this boat. The lights are, are, are on the boat, but you can't see anything else. And I'm like, and I'm wondering, like, should we stop? Like, what do we do? And I look at him and, and I finally, because, you know, it's not my boat. I've never driven this route. Like, I don't, you know, if it was, I, I don't know what, I don't want to, we just, it's our first dinner. I want to be invited back. <laughs> and so I look at him and I finally, I'm like, hey, hey. And I'm, I mean, I literally, I've got my hand like this over my face. Like we're full speed on a boat going to his house. And, and, and I go, I go, can you see, you know, I'm like, if I can't, he can't. And he's driving this thing. I was like, can I said, can you see? He goes, no. <laughs> but I know where I'm going. Okay. 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 We can work with that. We can work. I was like, all of a sudden, just this, this sermon just started hitting me. We live by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. He's been through the storms before. He's been around this bend before. He, and all of a sudden, this confidence started getting in me. I know we're close to his house. He looked at me and said, we're closer than we were a few minutes ago. I'm like, thank God. And the reality is in life, you can't always outrun the rain. You can't always outpray the storm. You can't always get to, through the situation without a little bit of squinting and hurting and pain and going, I don't even have any vision right now. But the reality for you and I is we live by faith and we trust the captain of our soul that knows the way that might, when you can't see, he knows where he's going. Jesus knows where you're going. He knows the direction for our life. It's not clear to us all the time, but he knows where he's going. You might be in the biggest storm of your life right now. You might be praying through the rain clouds. You might be fearing the thunder and lightning, but I'm just here to, uh, to encourage you to go. You know what? The opposite of sight is faith. The opposite of sight is not being able to figure it all out. It's faith. And like today, if you're in one of those storms, you're going, God, I'm trying to outrun some rain. What does this have to do with outreach and the church and Jesus? I'm just telling you, you need to trust not your sight, but his calling, his wisdom, his knowledge, his, his heartbeat for you, his purpose and commission and compass for your life. He, listen to me. He's the, comp he's the captain and he's the compass. He knows more than you. He's higher than you. He knows the storms. He's been here a thousand times. He's been where you are a thousand times. He's navigated this turn a thousand times. He's gotten people through the same storm he's getting you and me through right now. He has been here before. Jesus, can you see? No, but I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. And for you and I, as we have a heart as a church, the, the, the compass of our life is Jesus. The purpose of our life is to be a compass for the world. And Jesus is, when we can't always see the compass of our life, the calling, the great commission, what's the compass of my life? What's the compass of your life in the day-to-day? -day? A compass was invented about 2,000 years ago, and uh, ever since the compass was invented, it's been helping lost souls find their way home. Ever since the compass came to pass, it 
It's been helping people figure out how to navigate. Think about it. A little compass has helped people navigate continents and, and nations and oceans and, and mountains and, and, and places that mankind didn't even know how to get through or to. The compass has helped them to navigate. And the reality is that Jesus is our compass. The compass, the, the largest, um, the, the compass inside of a compass, there's something called the compass rose. Anybody heard of, the, of a compass rose? It's inside, it's the, it's the star inside of the compass that has the four cardinal directions, north, south, east, and west. The largest compass rose that was ever made is in California at Edwards Air Force Base. It's 4,000 feet in diameter. It's a mile in diameter. It's 4,000 feet across, one mile in diameter, the biggest compass rose ever. And it's, and it's not there just for looks. It's at Edwards Air Force Base, and it's, it's, it's by the longest runway on earth. So the longest runway uh, is at Air, Edwards Air Force Base, and it was that, it's that way because a lot of test planes and test pilots and, and rockets and test uh, rockets are shot from there. And when the, when the shuttle was landed, and when we used to land the shuttle back in America, it, was landed, it landed at Edwards Air Force Base because there's a mile-long runway. And so, so you had this compass rose right printed or, or right next to the runway. We've got a picture of it, I think. Check out this picture. This is the compass rose right next to the longest runway. The emergency is next to the emergency runway. You can leave it up there for a minute. This, this is uh, not just a cool compass. Uh, what happens is it's there for pilots that are in distress, it's there for test pilots or people because they're testing a lot of equipment that's never been tested, never been pushed to its limits. And so they put this by it in case the, all the digital dashboards go out or in case the gauges go out, in case the pilot gets turned upside down or kind of loses his bearings. Well, they put this here so the pilot can, from a, from a very long distance, can tell where he's going. Can, can tell, even though there's turmoil, even though there's storms, even though there's dysfunction, even though there might be some, some situations they don't know how to navigate, even though they might not be able to see how a pilot usually would see, they have this compass to be able to know where they're going and how to land. That is the heartbeat of our church. That is why you and I exist as Christians. That is why we exist as a church, to worship God, to equip the believer, and to reach the world. Why does the church exist? Why does this gathering exist? To worship God, equip the believer, and reach the world. And we are called to be a compass for people that are fighting rainstorms in their life, that are trying to outrun the rain, outpray the rain, figure out how to navigate their way home, that we would be this compass that people could look at and go, wow, I'm turned upside down, but it looks like they know where they're going. Going, I'm going to follow them a little bit and I'm going to get to where I'm going. Is that good? Does that make sense? There's still a lot of people out there that haven't heard the gospel. There's still a lot of people out there that are bound by the shackles of religion. A lot of people out there that are bound by the shackles of shame or guilt or sin. A lot of people that don't know what it's like to have Jesus on the inside of them and have God invading their life and actually pointing their way to heaven. A lot of people that don't know what it's like to live outside of guilt and shame and to go, you know what? God is my God. A lot of people don't know they're a big deal to God. And that's our heart. That's why we exist. And our goal as a church is to make Jesus known so that lives can be transformed and people can get a compass in their life to know which way they're headed. I think it's too important to keep this message to ourselves. And if you're a believer... If I'm a believer and we're, we're followers of Jesus, we got to go out every day of our life and preach the gospel to every creature to, to speed up. That actually, somehow the Bible says that speeds up the return of Jesus. I don't get that. 
but somehow we can play a part in, in how fast he returns and how we take the message to the world. And, and I don't think we're allowed to keep this message to ourselves. That's, that's why we gather here. That's why we sing and that's why we serve. That's why we talk about getting on teams. That's why we give and that's why we go. Because we're a church that believes that people need to find their way back home to God. And I think that we've got a compass and it's, his name is Jesus. Come on, is that, that good for anybody? You, can you trust Jesus today? I don't know what storm you're in, but you can trust him. You can trust him. Einstein was given a compass when he was five by his dad. Five years old and his dad uh, came home. Einstein stayed home sick one day from school and his dad brought a compass to him. Gave him a compass and his dad didn't tell him how to use it, just handed it to him. And Einstein laid in bed all that night at five years old, tortured by that compass, trying to trick it, trying to sh shake it, trying to figure it out. And, and every time, as we all know, the needle would always point back to north. He would do everything he could do. And he said later on in his life, he said that that experience, the compass made a deep, this is what he is a quote, made a deep and lasting impression on me because something had to be behind hidden, unseen things. As he was working with the compass, he's like, what's, what's behind the unseen? And so he spent his whole life developing equations behind things that the normal dude don't see. <laughs> and, and, and the reality is inside of you and I, no matter who you are, male, female, no matter what culture you come from, no matter how much money you make, what music you like, no matter what, there is a phenomenon inside of you that wants to, to you, you want to know what's behind the unseen things. You, you, no matter who, no matter what, there's more to life than a good job, a good savings, uh, 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 your team winning this season in football. There's more. And, and a lot of times we distract ourselves with all those things because we don't want to really ultimately answer the question, what's moving the needle in our life? What's getting us back to north? What drives us every day? What moves the needle in my life every day? And I don't think I have the luxury or privilege to not go out and figure out how to share the gospel with those I come in contact with every day. And I think you have to ask yourself the same question. And I do. What moves my needle? What on the inside of me as a church? What moves the needle of our life? It's a universal sensation. And it is Jesus. It is eternity. It is God. It's the gospel. And I think that's the the calling of who we are, moving our life towards heaven, moving people towards heaven with the gospel of God. I want to say this quote to you real quick. You can write this down. It says, says this, it doesn't matter what you're going through if you know where you're going to. Many times we can't get through the things we're fighting, the storms, the rain, because we don't know where we're going to. And it's easy to get through what you're going through if you know what you're going to. When I was in that rainstorm and we're going full speed ahead, it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't fun. It was actually very scary. But I knew we were going to his house. I knew we were getting closer. I was hoping. <laughs> I knew we could die. <laughs> but, but he told me he knew where he was going. So there was this confidence. If he hadn't decided to drop anchor and hang out and have a conversation in the middle of that lightning storm, I'd have began to panic a little bit more. I'd have freaked out. I'd have probably thrown him out of the boat and taken over the controls and drove, driven us somewhere home. You know, if I was just aimlessly and purposelessly walking through that storm, I'd have been pretty scared. Here, here's what happens in our life when we just kind of are aimless and without purpose. It's hard to navigate the pain of life. Come on, life's not easy. 
The storms aren't easy. The things we face and people that are facing them without the gospel and without Jesus and without the captain of their soul who don't know where they're going. But when we have that compass, when we have that captain, we can get anywhere and do anything. Oh, you want me to face a mountain? Okay, cool. I got a compass. Oh, I got to go through that. Okay, I can handle that. I got a, I've got a, a captain that's driving my boat. My little daughter, she, she said to me the other day, she's, she's in 10th, going into 10th grade. She says, daddy, I don't know how people, I don't know how people take the pressure of life without Jesus. I don't know how people try to work it out on their own. I'll be, I, I was like, I don't either. <laughs> I'm, 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 my prayer life is because I'm desperate to hold this mess together. Come on, somebody. Like I, like, I pray not because it's just out of, out of discipline and hanging out with God. I like hanging out with God, but it's like, I need, God, I'll make a mess of this if you don't show up. And so I, I think the compass of our life, when we have that compass, we're able to go through things because we're not aimlessly walking around. Hear me. Whenever you're living life aimlessly without that compass, your whole goal becomes to be comfortable on the trail. And I know I'm in America and I like comforts and you like comforts. So you didn't come to church to get beat up and I don't want to beat you up because I like air conditioning just as much as you do. My wife turns the heat up in the house almost. She's turned, she keeps it on like 75. I'm like, babe, it is hot in here. You know? She doesn't use it on me anymore. She's like, yeah, in, in some countries, they don't have air. I'm like, we ain't in those countries. <laughs> when I go there, uh, I'll figure it out then. <laughs> I, I, like, I like comforts, right? But, but if our whole life begins to be how, figuring out how to be comfortable on the trail, how, how many comfortable campers do we have in here? Come on, any, camp, any comfortable campers? Yeah, don't be scared. I am one. Anybody, anybody, any campers in here? Any campers? Any campers? Come on. So, so here's the problem with the, you aren't, you aren't going to tell the truth. If you use an air mat, you're a comfortable camper. If you bring a big, I'll bring a giant queen size air mat when I camp. I don't care if you're in the tent with me. I will edge you to the, to the side of the tent. I will blow up my air mat and I will hog the whole tent. I am too fat to sleep on the ground. Somebody I am. I, 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 here's the problem with comfortable camping. You carry more stuff into the woods than you can hold. RV campers, anybody? Come on, RV people. I love it. Yep. You got a drive-in movie theater. You got the biggest Weber grill on the planet. You got, you, you got all kinds of amenities. You got air conditioning units and you got all kinds of stuff. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. What should be a two-day hike, we begin to treat as home. And what should be a, a hike through this planet? <laughs> what should be a a journey and a passage through this planet, when we begin to live only for this planet, when we don't have the needle, when we don't have the compass about eternity, when we don't have that calling and that commission and that command from Jesus, then we just try to figure out how comfortable we can make it. And then we begin to carry things. Listen to me. We begin to carry things on this journey that we weren't called to handle. When the earth becomes our mission, then we just, we just begin to carry success on our shoulders and we begin to carry our own worth and we begin to carry our own abilities and we begin to carry the weight of, of guilt or shame or I messed up so bad and I can never forgive me or I can never forgive them. But the reality is there's a greater picture of eternity that Jesus paid for all of that to give you and I purpose on this planet. And I just don't, I don't, I need it. I need something in my life that doesn't allow me to just be a comfortable camper. Come on. I know it was hard giving up your Saturday yesterday. Yes, sir. Come on. It was, 
Yes, sir. They had one picture of me, and it was. It, listen, I went around and visited all the sites. I couldn't be at just one. And I've served, in, I've served in all of them, okay? So yesterday, I just tried to go and encourage people. And so they had, we were out on the trail in Oak Ridge, and Mark and Stacy said, well, you can at least get a picture and act like you're working out here. <laughs> so they handed me some, some hedge trimmers. And it was, it was lucky enough, there was a little piece of grass stuck in them. I didn't even have to do any work. I was just like, <laughs> held it up. <laughs> I went over to the nursing home, and you know, it, you know it's, not, it's not easy. Those kids over there, they were serving the elderly and loving people, and you know, you, you, you know, when you go and see a population that's been forgotten, see a, see a group of people that, that, that are barely existing. I got to meet one little lady. She gets her hair done every Friday, and uh, she lives for that. She didn't have enough money sometimes to go to the movie that the, the nursing home allows them to go to. So, so one of the ladies in our church, Miss Virginia, I don't know where she is. Many of you know her. She does bake sales to raise money to pay for the, the elderly to go see movies or get hamburger day at the nursing home. I'm like, man, my life sucks. <laughs> you know, it makes you reassess your life. And when you walk into those situations and the little girls over there, little high school, middle school girls were painting the nails of all the elderly ladies in there. And one little girl's like, I should start a connect group and come here every week with a group of friends and, and do their nails. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying, what are we living for? Are we camping out? Are we comfortable? Or do we have a mission? Do we have a needle that points it somewhere else? And I think our needle is to fulfill the great commission i got a few more minutes with you in Mark 16. That's my verse today. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and, 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 and make disciples. And we need more churches. We need more Christians. Come on, that compass at, Air For at, at Edwards Air Force Base, it's, it's the size. It is giant. So people from a distance could see. Like, like why do we want to believe and lead and grow and serve and build and, and give and get bigger? Why? Because we want people from all directions to be able to see a lighthouse or a people that go, you know what? We can figure out a way home. We can, we can, we can find a way when we're upside down in life. Our goal should be that everybody gets the gospel. Everybody gets prayed for. The, the, the hurt get healed. The sick get visited. The, prisons get wel the prisoners get welcomed. I mean, everybody. It's all around us. And I, look, I'm talking to myself today. I'm not just here to say, you know, you should be doing better. You're doing amazing. I encourage you, but I just want to give you a little perspective shift. And what does that look like in our day to day? I know for me, I'm shifting some of my thought and some of my perspective. And I think hope is found in Jesus. And I'm going to give you two thoughts that I want you to do or two takeaways today. And, and it's that it's just simple. Number one, refuel your heart for people. Just refuel your heart for people. People are a big deal to God. We had somebody the other day be mad at our church because we were too much about people. Y'all don't know the stuff I go through. <laughs> too, too mad that we were, we were about people. We didn't make it enough about God. Some of y'all are in here right now thinking I haven't shared enough scriptures today. We're about people because Jesus said the way you love people proves how you love me. <laughs> so, so, so if you, if you can't see my love for people or our love for people, then don't say that we love God. <laughs> don't, don't, don't say you love someone you can't see when you don't love the people that around you that you can see is what Jesus said. 
And I, I just, I just want us as a church, and I'm, I'm doubling down right here, right here in front of you, right here online. We're about people. We, are, we put people as a high priority. God crowned people with glory and honor. Who are we that you are mindful of us, oh God? What is a man that you are mindful of us, that you've crowned us with glory and honor, that you've made us a little lower than God? Who are we, oh God? Oh, we're about people. Would you refuel your heart for people? Would you quit getting grace, amnesia? Would you quit forgetting that you were Jonah and God got you out of that whale and you didn't deserve any of it? Would, would, let's please, thus don't, let, let us not have grace, amnesia and be Jonahs in, in around the world and forget what God did for us when it comes to those that maybe need some grace in their life. Refuel your heart for people. Number two, refocus your energy on heaven. Refocus your energy for heaven. I'm telling you, come on. I'm a com- I am a comfortable camper. I love it. I was driving down the lake, looking at coveting every lake house. Thou shalt not covet. Oh, I mean, you know, good, my good friend, Lisa Reed, this morning, she knew I was looking at those lake houses. She's on our worship team. There's Dr. Steve over there. Lisa looked at me. She goes, you want to come to our lake house next week? She didn't have no lake house. She's trying to make me jealous. I'm just saying, but like my priorities, like heaven, what does it look like to go out of here today and, and, and speak and have the needle pointing towards eternity or to serve in the house or to be engaged in the, in the house of God. I'm not saying that this should be the church should be the centrality of your mission. This is a filling station. This is, we're called to come together. We're called to, to give and serve and go and build out there. This is empowering us for the storms for out there. Jesus has us and he's the compass of our life. So let's refocus ourselves on heaven. Let's refocus on being workers in the kingdom. Most churches don't grow because harvest is hard work. <laughs> we want revival. Save the city. You know what Jesus said? The harvest is plentiful. It's not the problem. He didn't say sin's the problem. He didn't say the devil's the problem. He said the workers are few. Harvest is hard work. We want our church to grow. We want to reach more people, see the kingdom populated, raise up leaders, believe God for our city. It's hard work. But we have Chick-fil-A biscuits in the morning, somebody. We feed y'all well. (laughs) And so I just want to encourage you, refocus your heart towards heaven. Spiritual maturity is just when your concerns become God's concerns. When you begin to be concerned about what God's concerned about. Years ago, we were in Cuba and there was a little girl that had a deformity in her chin. She was there and we were doing a game and giving candy out to all the kids. And there was 50 kids and I, I invented this game. They all had their little buckets and we put candy in it for them. And I had a giant bucket and, uh, And what I would do is I would actually, they'd line up and I'd stand at this distance and they would throw candy and try to get something in the bucket. And if they hit it from a really far distance, they got like 20 pieces of candy. And the closer I got, the less candy they got. So as I got close and they hit it, they'd get two pieces. And I would, I would do this and I'm, I'm, they couldn't throw. They're all these little kids, you know, I'm trying to catch the candy for them. And so I'm giving away gifts and, and just handing them, you know, they get two or they get five. There's this one little girl and she comes up in line and she's got this, her chin is like three times too long is what it should be. And she's got kind of a cleft palate and she's just she, all, all day I'm watching her. 
and, and she no joy in her life, no joy in her eyes, no interaction. All the kids are playing and interacting, and she's covering her chin like this and has this hand over her chin the whole day. And she's trying to interact and play the games, but she won't take her hand off of her chin. And it comes to this game, and she, she puts down her, her little bucket of candy, and, and she begins to grab pieces, and she's holding her chin, and she's throwing candy to get, hit the bucket, and she can't hit any of them, and she's doing this and just covering up. And so I begin to get closer to her and closer to her, and as I, I, I pretty much get right up like this close to her, she's standing right here, and I'm standing right here, and, and, I, and I'm just, she just starts looking at me with these big eyes. She's still holding her chin, and she, and she goes, and she takes a piece of candy, and she drops it in the bucket, and I just went... And just dump the whole bucket of candy into her little bucket. She's like, she takes her hand down. She's looking at, she's looking at her bucket. She doesn't know what to do. She grabs her, she grabs the full bucket. It's too heavy to hold with one hand, so she's got both hands on it. She starts, the other kids start seeing it. She starts running around, more joy than I've ever seen in her all day, and starts giving the other kids the candy that I just dumped out into her bucket. I've got tears in my eyes and I'm weeping. I'm seeing this little girl. She's connecting, making friends. And I, I named that bucket the grace bucket. And the reality is for you and I, that so often we're covering our infirmities. We're covering who we really are. We're covering our guilt and our shame because we don't really believe that God could get that close to us. We think we've done too much and we're disconnected from friends or friendships or people because we think maybe if they really knew us. And so God just all the time is creeping up on us with a bucket of grace just to fill our life. And the moment he does, it should be so heavy. Grace should be so heavy in our life that we have no choice but to begin to uncover our infirmities and uncover our worries and uncover our selfishness and begin to go, oh my God, let me give this grace away to friends and family and begin to connect with a community and watch the grace that God's poured into my life overflow into someone else's life. That's the needle. That's what moves us today. We're all trying to outrun the rain in our life. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate the storms of humanity. But the reality is Jesus is the captain. Come on. He's poured grace into us and he knows the way for you today. And so I'm going to pray for you. Got a couple minutes in here. Maybe you're here in this place and you need, you need to trust Jesus today. Maybe I don't mean for salvation. Maybe you're saved, but you're in a storm and you're like, I can't see God. I'm aimless, God. I don't know how to navigate this, Jesus. I, I don't, and I love what that man said to me that night. I said, can you see? He said, no, but I know where I'm going. Come on, I know you don't feel like you can see, but Jesus knows where you're going. The Bible says your steps are ordered by the Lord, that your hairs are counted and numbered, that God knows every breath he's given you. God knows. The Bible says that Jesus has an endless life, the power of a priest that has an endless life. He's been this way before. He's been through the, the, the storms you, you're walking through right now. He's navigated this in your life before. He can do it again right now. And maybe you're in this place and you just need to trust that he can see where he's going and he's, he's got it taken care of. So I want to pray for that. And then maybe, no one looking around just for a second, would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Maybe you're in this place and you say, you know what, pastor, I'm covering everything. I'm, I, don't, I feel like that little girl covering all of my own infirmities. I'm covering my, myself. I'm covering my, I'm trying to cover my sin. I'm trying to cover my, my shortcomings. I'm trying to cover my insecurities. I'm, I can't even function with joy in my life or connect with people because I feel like I've got to cover stuff. And God's just here today to say, you know what? I want to fill your life with grace. 
I want to fill your bucket with my rewards in my life. Jesus came and got close to you today. Maybe you feel like God would never get close to me. That's not true. That's a lie. God would get close to you today. He loves you no matter what you've done or what you've been through or what you think you've done. He's not mad at you. Just no one looking around for another second. If you're here and you say, Pastor, you know what? That's me. I've been covering up like that little girl. I'm ready to be free. I need, I need freedom. I need to trust God's grace can, can be good to me. Would you put your hand up to me? Let me pray for you. Thanks for your boldness. Thank you for your boldness. Father, you know every heart in here that feels far from you, that needs showered with your grace today. And I want to take one more step further. If you're here or you're online and you've never surrendered to Jesus, you've never said yes to him being the Lord or the leader of your life. You've been trusting yourself to navigate the storms and the sin and the mistakes and the pressure. You've never made him God. You've never surrendered to Jesus. Today's your opportunity. The Bible says that he navigated death, took all of our sin, took all of our shame and guilt, nailed it to a tree, rose from the dead to give you and I a perfect brand new life, a perfect brand new heart to give us the rightness of God, to make us right with God. If you turn from your old ways, turn from your sin and turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I believe you died and rose from the dead. You get a fresh start in God. If you're here and that's you, no one looking around. If you know you need a fresh start with God, today's your day to trust Jesus. Would you put your hand up to me? If you're online and you need to do that, just type in the chat right now. I need a fresh start with Jesus. Thank you for your boldness, young lady. Anybody else? I need a fresh start with God. I need to trust his grace in my life. I'm ready to surrender. Thank you for your boldness. Father, you see every heart and every hand. Come on, would you pray with me, church? Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you filled our life with grace that you poured your life out on the cross you took all my sin and all my infirmities and all the things I feel like I've got to cover up every day and you nailed them publicly to a tree you exposed all of it on a tree oh God so that we wouldn't be worried about being exposed you took our sin and our shame and our guilt and you nailed it to that tree and then you came to life you rose from the dead to give us a fresh start a brand new heart God Lord, I thank you for making us brand new today. Every person that raised their hand in this room or online, would you make them brand new today? Give them a brand new heart. Fill them with your spirit and give them hope for a future relationship with you, oh God. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.